This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. It's a nice sunny, 63 degrees outside. Far cry from the uh, cold rain that we had this morning when the day started in the sportsocracy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Tate Spencer. Jeremy Green is here as well. Over the next two hours, we will bring it to you. Now, uh, of course, this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices and love the savings and Jeremy, how's uh, how's it going? Feeling better? Feeling feeling good? Getting there. Ready? <laughs> Them, you know, day three of the comeback tour. <laughs> it keeps getting harder and harder every day. Apparently, uh, uh, I, I, I there have been people that wound up in prison that wanted to uh, go in that cell more than I wanted to get out of my bed this morning. Yikes! Yeah, that's happened. I have never had a more difficult day of waking up in my entire life. <laughs> I think my alarm went off seventeen times. Yeah, that t- that tends to happen. Um, Halfway through it, my wife just got up and went to the couch. Like I'm tired of listening to it. I'm done. You're obviously yeah. not going to answer the call. Led to a aggressive drive to work this morning. But it's just the drive of seeing my face every morning that gets you out of bed and gets you motivated for the day. Right? We're just <laughs> yep. Those two sentences together tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> Uh, welcome into the program. Don't forget, you can listen to the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Take us with you everywhere you go. And don't forget, of course, to uh, like and subscribe to the uh, the Sportsocracy on YouTube. We have a lot of fun. We got the uh, uh, free agency grades have been going out this week, and we will continue going division by division as we break down who made good moves, who made bad moves. Uh, our latest episode was the AFC South and the Houston Texans. You can imagine. Well, use your imagination, and you can probably come up with uh, you know a good comparison for what we believe about the Houston Texans. The Texans got a grade that I've never said out loud before. <laughs> so check us out on YouTube at the Sportsocracy. Of course, on all the social medias, be sure to like, share, and follow us. Check us out at the uh, newly designed, uh, redesigned sportsocracy.com as well. The sportsocracy.com. Uh, the NFL clearing the way for Daniel Snyder to buy out the Washington football team. Of all the things that could have happened in the Washington football team saga, this was not one that I was expecting. I don't know why, but I just, I, d- I didn't see it going this way. And apparently Daniel Snyder has reached an agreement or is, is getting approval from the finance committee in the NFL to buy out the minority owners in a move that is going to cost him about $900 million. He's going to take on $450 million in debt to be able to make this happen. He has to pay that back by 2028. And uh, and again, of all the ways this thing could have gone down, is it easier to kick out one guy or a group of owners? Maybe this may, maybe this is the bright uh, silver lining for football team fans. Is that it's easier to kick out one guy than a whole host of guys? Well, Dan Snyder's just not going anywhere. That's 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 all there's to it. It's so he's, unfortunate. He's ingrained in this team. Now, I will say this: this is the best roster he's ever had. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Since he since he bought this team, this is the best they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's all that debatable. And I would like to think that it's all because uh, he's been preoccupied with other things. And the football guys are being able to make football decisions now. I, w- I would put more of this at Ron Rivera than anything else. And the fact that you've got football people making decisions and you mm-hmm. don't have him coming into the draft room saying, we're taking Dwayne Haskins no matter what you think. Exactly. And now I will say this. It, Rivera comes with more of a pedigree. He has coached in the Super Bowl, things like that. Mm-hmm. But you do, and I can't believe I'm getting ready to say these words out loud, you have to give Daniel Snyder a little bit of credit for turning the reins over. Because he hasn't done that with anybody else. You're not wrong. He didn't do that with Joe Gibbs. So... It, it, Forgive my surprise that he did it with Ron Rivera. Right. Well, and at the point he came in and owned the team, though, I mean, Joe Gibbs was on the way out the door, wasn't he? Well, this was on the second. This was the return of Joe Gibbs. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is he? Mm-mm. He hired Joe Gibbs. Oh, he hired Joe Gibbs. He hired to come Steve back. Spurrier too. <laughs> Has he been owning this team that long? He's one of the longest owning, uh, or, or one of the uh, of teams that have ever switched. There are right. a few teams that have never switched. Right, you got like the Ford family and all the yeah. He's been around since the late nineties. That is right. He did buy this team when he was like twenty five years old. He wasn't very old. I don't know yeah. how old he was. He's fifty six now. Right. So he was younger. He was in his thirties. Right. Yeah. But he's been around for a minute. That's. It's just it's just crazy to me to think I, I, I'm trying to put myself into the position of a Washington football team fan and thinking of all the ways this could have ended. Dan Snyder buying out all the other owners was not how I wanted this to go down. When we heard that the other owners were trying to that the minority owners were trying to get him kicked out or trying to get him to sell his part, it didn't happen and now he's bought them out. You care to take a stab at who the coach was when uh, Dan Snyder bought this team? No. I don't keep up with Washington football team coaches. It was Norv Turner. That's been a minute. The coaches since he's been the, the owner are Norv Turner, Terry Rabisky, Marty Schottenheimer, Steve Spurrier, Joe Gibbs, Jim Zorn, Mike Shanahan, Jay Gruden, and Bill Callahan. <laughs> oh, Wow. Oh, and obviously Ron Rivera. Uh, I'm gonna say Ron Rivera is a uh, is is the best coach he's had. I just think it's funny he goes two legends and then out of left field. Well, he's been the, on a rolling cycle of two legends out of left field. Right. Well, I think part of the problem is who wants to work for him. Obviously, a lot of people. Do I need to read the list again? That's no. some pretty good names on that list. No, but think about it. These are guys that didn't that don't have options. Who that I just said, other than Jim Zorn and Terry Rabisky, who that I just said didn't have options? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I mean, Jay Gruden, it was his, it was the first team to give him the opportunity to be a head coach. But they weren't the only ones that would have. I'm sure. This is still a coveted job. I mean, it's. I don't know why. Because they're awful. uh, Because it's still one of the most popular teams in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, let me ask you this. Which would you rather be, the head coach of the Washington football team or the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Okay. You know who the most popular pro team in Jacksonville is? The Florida Gators, and it's not all that close. <laughs> Might be the highest paid team in that go- in that city, too. <laughs> it's a different city, though. They're not in the same city. Uh, I'm a Florida State fan. I'm allowed to say it's that. close enough. Gainesville's close enough to Jacksonville. Is that? They're very close, yeah. I mean, they're on like opposite ends of the panhandle, aren't they? No, they're not. 
Tallahassee's on the opposite end of the panhandle. Ah. J- Gainesville is not that far from Jacksonville at all. Oh, okay. Which is why they played the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville so many times. <laughs> well, they've been doing that for a long time. Mm, not really. Yeah, since the 80s at least. Uh, there wasn't a stadium in Jacksonville in the 80s. That was built in the mid-90s. Mm. Uh, they built the stadium for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, I get it. This is, they've been playing in that stadium, but they've been playing in Jacksonville for a lot longer than that. Well, they, what, are they playing at a high school stadium? <laughs> I don't know. I love when you get cornered in arguments like this and you just go, oh, wait, I'm not, I'm not backpedaling. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm going I'm to tell you right now. We're 10 just, minutes in and we have gone down. A, we took an off-ramp here that I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> you, I'm going to do that thing you do to me on the sports. Yeah, you, you keep talking. You keep I'm talking. A, I'm just talk it. to yourself for a minute and I'll find something that doesn't matter. By the way, it's an hour between Jacksonville and Gainesville. Okay. I've never been Gainesville's to Gainesville. So it's more in the center of the state than I thought it was. Yeah. But, I mean, you think about it. You, there are several coaches that could end up in Hall of Fames on one side or the other. Do you want to know what what year, the first year that Georgia and Florida played each other in Jacksonville was? Oh, I mean, you're probably going to say 1947, and nope. it was in some like high school stadium. Nope. Not 1940s. Keep going. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's 1915. Okay, okay. <laughs> and they probably played at a high school stadium. <laughs> Maybe so, but that's been the common ground for the game for a long, long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. I, I knew I was uh, I was not off the mark on that one too bad. They've been playing that one in in Jacksonville for a long, long time. Now, they did, haven't been playing in the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium, of course. They have been playing that in Jacksonville for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's been huh, the world's largest cocktail party. One of these days, I'm going to teach you how to Google things, because it took me about three minutes to find this, or about three seconds to find this list. <laughs> I, well, I Google. I don't type well. I can't type and talk at the same time. You know this about me. Not not a multitasker in that fashion. So, anywho, I don't even know how we got down this path. This is going to be a fun show. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you look at the front page of ESPN right now. We're talking about T.Y. Hilton resigning with the Colts. Is he really? $10 million. $8 million guaranteed. That's, that's, that's $8 million too much. What is that? I don't, I don't know. On I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I hate T.Y. Hilton so much. Um, I, I, let me guess. You drafted him in fantasy. Probably, and it didn't go well. You're probably right about that. Um, no, he's. I mean, he's a fine wide receiver. I just. I don't see T.Y. Hilton being worth more money than Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju got eight from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're telling me T.Y. Hilton is two million dollars more than Juju. Mm, he's also not a head case. Oh, well, let's, play, let's play a fun game. How many more receiving yards did Juju Smith-Schuster have than T.Y. Hilton last year? Oh. Uh, oh, now bear in mind that T.Y. played one less game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 200. Uh, it was 70. 70? Yeah. That's it? Juju had a lot of catches, not a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't hitting big home runs last year. I just The, the hate on T.Y. Hilton blows my mind. He had a thousand yards five out of six years. Mm-hmm. Then he's been hurt. he was hurt in 2019, and then last year he had Philip Rivers, who he didn't right. have a great rapport with. Right. I, I mean, I I guess I'd put a lot of his success on the field to Andrew Luck. We believed in Andrew Luck so much. Okay, name me the other receiver that Andrew Luck made so good. 
Oh, where? I mean, T.Y.'s the only one he had. There you go. Oh, T.Y.'s not good. Andrew Luck made him. Okay, who else did he make? Uh, really, name me a receiver in the time he's been a Colt. Oh, I can't. T.Y. Hilton, to me, is gross. It, it's it's so funny to me. The pendulum on him has swung to such a, a, a big degree. Mm-hmm. Because I thought he was overrated for a while. And you got to say, this has been like a this has been like a heartbeat for me. Because this was a kid I loved when he got drafted. And then it soared on him. Uh, Colin Cowherd, yeah, he he got me on that one. Yeah. That always drives me crazy when I say I love somebody and then somebody bigger than me says it. And they're like, oh, Colin got it right. Oh, I got it right first. I want my, I want my credit. Right. That's crazy. That he only had 70 more yards. Mm-hmm. The the T.Y. Hilton, the, like the wheels fell off until T.Y. Hilton is a myth. Well, it's because... And it's funny how it's, those it's, things get started. If you ever it's noticed, recency bias. It's recency bias from what we see. He's had 1,200 yards in the last two years, and it's not good enough for, especially the fantasy football... F- that's fantasy the Fantasy of football fans. Yeah, you, you got it. Right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Because you know what he never has had a lot of? Touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's why he's underrated. Mm-hmm. Because he, he doesn't score touchdowns. He doesn't score for your fantasy team. Right. And guys that score a lot of touchdowns, they get the they get the limelight. And I think that's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of Kyle Pitts. The more and more you've got me looking at Kyle Pitts, the more and more I'm going, how is he not going to be the number one pick in every fantasy rookie draft this year? He, well, uh, yeah, there's a path. Well, I mean, I can obviously the running backs, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Trevor Lawrence will probably be up there in the in the top few picks, depending on how your dynasty league is set up. This is the most excited I've ever been for a draft, for a fantasy draft, no, or for, for an, an NFL, NFL draft? draft. I don't care about fantasy football. <laughs> I, I, I could care less. I mean, it's cute that you that you have a team that you drafted that I, sweet. But as much as you love fantasy football. Yeah, but I don't talk about it. You know what I've learned oh, over the last you. five years? The guy that tells you all about their fantasy football team, that might be the most annoying person on planet Earth. Nah, you're not wrong. I, I, I'll answer your questions all day. Mm-hmm. You know, Twitter, we, you know, we do fantasy football stuff. We do a fantasy football show. Mm-hmm. I will answer your start-sit questions. I, if I had a dollar for every person that's ever sat me down and given me the season recap of the 2018 uh, Ooh. yeah, Don't force that on oh, people. Oh, it's awful. Don't I, do that. And I have this face where I, I I don't hide. I feel like there's irritation. Be some, well, yeah, there's got to be some etiquette uh, in this. And it's I've never really never. thought about it until Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt used to go on this rant all the time of nobody cares about your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. And then I heard that enough times and went, hmm, yeah, he's got a fair point there. I never really <laughs> thought about that, but I I can ask them. <laughs> I get to do year in reviews on right. fantasy football teams a I like, lot. I like talking about uh, I like talking about you know prospects and drafts and all that kind of stuff when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, I but, do too. When there's actual football being played, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what this is? March. It's March. Oh, I get it. If you're playing fantasy football right now, real low scoring. Yeah, it is indeed. Or you're playing fantasy football on like a Madden league. I'm surprised people aren't doing that already. With the wastes of time that we see people engaging in these days. I'm surprised that that's not a thing. Like, hey, there's the Primo Madden League. Now let's play fantasy football with a video game. Oh, I mean, some of the ridiculous uh, clickbait is rampant. If I had, 
it, it is mind boggling how many players I have heard talked about being traded in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Just to, to that, the, the point of what you're trying to say, because there's so much content out there. Mm-hmm. There's so many people doing podcasts, so many people doing web shows, not as many people doing what we're doing right now, but it's almost like people are just dying to find something different to talk about. Right. Like I've said, we pride ourselves on, we're not going to regurgitate the same thing that you've heard for the last eight hours. <laughs> right. We know what that is because we're listening to it too. All right, so you got the Colts signing T.Y. Hilton for $10 million for one year? Just a one-year yeah. deal? $8 million guaranteed. Yikes. That's a lot. Hey, at least they didn't give, uh, you know, at least they didn't give big boy money to, you know, like the 50th best tackle in the league. Oh, I, I want to, just since you keep saying yikes to T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's a better receiver than Juju Smith-Schuster. Really? Yeah, yeah, he is. And and really, to me, it's it's not necessarily all that close. Okay. Why? What do you mean? Why? Why is he is why a, do he's you a better route runner? Better. He's a better route runner. He's been. A, I mean, now he's older. Mm-hmm. Juju's had one big year. That's it. That's the reason he got $8 million to come back to the Steelers because a lot of teams looked at him and went between TikTok and the fact that you were really only good when Antonio Brown was on the other side of you. Hmm. I mean, literally, his two, the two best years he had in his career were when Antonio Brown was on the other side. Well, we said this a lot about him when Antonio Brown left the Steelers was that can Juju be a number one? My answer to that is no. By I the think way. everybody settled on that. That after seeing him for two years without him, no, he's not a number one. He's a great piece to have. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I think Chase Claypool is a better receiver than he is. I think Claypool will be the one in Pittsburgh, if not this year. I would say by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Now, he's also one of my favorite players in the NFL. <laughs> he's also one of your diamonds in the rough. Well, he's also one of the greatest calls I've ever had in my life. I had him in the top 15 of the draft last year, and I had so many people tell me I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're not crazy. Mm-mm. You're not crazy at all. However, speaking of crazy, Mel Kuyper said a thing today. Oh, my gosh. What did he say? Uh, well, uh, I've, we got to take a break, but I want to talk about it afterwards. Okay. We'll find out what the crazy thing Mel Kuyper said today after this right here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the sports tank. What are you people? On dope? It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. So Mel Kuyper said a thing today. He was on Get Up with Mike Greenberg. Okay. And they were talking about quarterbacks because that is invariably the thing that we talk about. Because it's the most important position in the most important sport in the world. I'll read the quote verbatim. And it's going to sound really familiar. Oh, I know where this is going. There's a quarterback out there that's available that's better than any of the quarterbacks in this draft except for Trevor Lawrence, and that's Sam Darnold. Yeah. Sorry, Mel. He's not actually out there. <laughs> I believe he's going to be starting quarterback the New York Jets next year. I mean, you don't think he could be had at this moment if somebody came up with a with an offer? A I, have long, offer? I have long been told it will cost way more than you think it will. I've been hypothesizing about what it would be. Yeah. But some of, I, I read articles that say, oh, he could be had for a two or three. No. <laughs> okay. Sure he could. Sure he could. Two years and he's cheaper than Andy Dalton and you could get him for a two or a three. Okay, then. Well, I mean, we had been talking A1. Are we talking more than that? I could see it being more than that. 
Ooh. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think they're moving off of him. Right. I mean, this, this point, is going to be one of those off seasons that we talked about all these things. Deshaun Watson's going to be dealt, and so is Russell Wilson, and there will be four quarterbacks in the top five. And, and none of it happens. And then Mac Jones falls to 15 to New England. <laughs> and they get the second coming of Tom Brady. And then Justin Fields actually goes behind him. I don't know about that. I could easily see it. Really? I could easily see it. You think it. teams are souring on him? They've been souring on him. I've been trying yeah. to tell you that for weeks. Mm-hmm. I see mock drafts that have Justin Fields at two at this point, and I just go, okay, don't have to look at this anymore. Uh, I don't, I, I, you know, after yesterday after the pro day, the Alabama pro day, Mac Jones. Hey, Mac's not quick. He's sudden. <laughs> Mac Jones, uh, I think he, I don't know, just the way he looked at the pro day. I have seen a lot of experts talking about how. Yeah, see, Mac Jones is not the guy. I've seen an uptick, I think, in Justin Fields' support since the pro day yesterday with Mac Jones. Well, those people are wrong. If you're, if you're, if there's an uptick in support for somebody else because what a player does at a pro day, mm-hmm. you're not doing this right. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I was listening uh, this morning. I think it was on uh, Key J and Z this morning that. Somebody was talking about how horrible of a pro day Peyton Manning had and how great of a pro day Jamarcus Russell had. Jamarcus Russell had the greatest pro day that's ever happened. All right. And ever. we all know the stories of both of those guys and how their careers wound up. Yeah, so pro mean, days really don't tell you anything. Yeah, you want me to tell you the three greatest pro days I've ever seen on tape? Yeah. Uh, Jamarcus Russell. Okay. Mike Mamula. Who? And Vernon Gulston. That's the three best I've ever seen. They look like superheroes. It looked like Clark Kent had descended down and was running the 40. Who's Mike Mamola? He played for the Philadelphia Eagles back in the mid-90s. Okay. They traded up to get him. But he played, I don't even remember where he played. I right. mean, now granted, you know, forgive me, I was nine. Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing better than I am, because I was, was older uh, than you, and I don't even know Oh, he was, it, the pro days are unbelievable. But we put way too much stock in that. Mm-hmm. You know, the underwear Olympics is is just not that important. Well, great combine performances are are are, are exactly what they are. I mean, they're they're indicative they're of nothing, si- right? But they're fun sideshows. That's the thing. Like last year, you know, being able to watch, or not last year. I guess it was year before last. Being able to watch uh, DK Metcalf and the emotion that he had after he ran so fast at the combine and upped his stock greatly. I mean, there are situations where guys can obviously do themselves favors in their pro days. I think a couple of teams might be looking more toward uh, old five foot seven Rondale Moore after he jumped out of the building yesterday and ran lightning fast. Yeah, but he was short. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, if I told you, I mean, and I'm I'm going to do this off the top of my head. I'm literally looking at a list of teams in the NFL. Guys that they drafted way higher than they should have solely because of a pro day. Right. Uh, the Cardinals, I remember Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I don't know what you're seeing here. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you're trying to compare him to his brother or uh, I, I don't know, but he's not that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fabian Washington with the with the Ravens. That was another one that I remember. What? What are you seeing here? Okay, he's fast. Okay, there's a lot of people that are fast. Right. They can't play football. But at least if you have the ability to put on the physical show, 
I think teams can be, or I duped. guess, rep- duped. Yeah, exactly. That's, the word That's exactly for. where I was going to go with that. Was that teams can be duped by what you're able to do on the football field. And, and you know, some guys can have big paydays from what they do at their pro days. Doesn't mean they're going to have great careers. But then there are Matter guys. Matter of fact, who, usually more often than not, they don't. More yeah. often than not, the guy that elevates because of something he does at a pro day right. has a very disappointing career. And usually it's the guys that you hear things about, like Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, he didn't He didn't look. He was a little flabby. He didn't look like a pro athlete. Okay. Yeah, neither did Tom Brady. How did right. that work out? Right. Tom Brady looked like a guy that should be working at a subway when he worked out at the combine. <laughs> yeah, he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Right. And he's only going to continue to win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. It's all in the books. It's done. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Now, we don't talk much NHL on there because, uh, you know, we're not huge NHL fans. But uh, I do like it when referees get caught on tape saying something that they absolutely should not have said. And it happened last night during the Nashville Predators game. Referee Tim Peel, who, by the way, is on his way out the door. He was scheduled to retire next month. And last night, there was a penalty called against Nashville as they were playing the Detroit Red Wings. And as the TV crew was going to commercial, the mic got left on or something. And the referee was caught saying that that he wanted to get a effing penalty on Nashville early in the ballgame. And now the NHL has come down and banned him. He will never be able to call another NHL game ever again. And like I said, it didn't really matter because he was due to retire uh, in April, I believe it was, anyway. If you're looking for a way to just get out of doing what you're under contract to do for the next couple months, it's a pretty good way to do it. And the NHL took the perfect stance on it, is that we you know, take pride in... The integrity of the game. And we can't have fans believing that referees feel this way. Here's the inside secret. Referees feel this way. Yeah, we all already knew that. (laughs) You think they did the right thing? What, firing him? Yeah. Absolutely. you got to let him go. It's like saying pro wrestling's fake. You're not allowed to do that. If you're a pro wrestler and you say, oh, by the way, this isn't real, and they catch you on mic, uh, guess what? Yeah. Uh, It's all over but the crying. Right. Yeah. Officials are human, mm-hmm. and there are times that they want to set a, a tone of we're not going to allow certain things, and I think this has been blown out of proportion, but of course it is, because you got too many people that think sports is fake. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they know that the outcomes are predetermined. Now, see, no, they are not. It was rigged against the Nashville Predators because this guy wanted to get a penalty on him early in the game. That's the number uh, one of the top five things that irritates me that, that people tell me. Oh, the sports are it's fake. All sports are rigged. Oh yeah, mm, no, they're not. I've heard the NBA was fixed for twenty years, mm-hmm. and nobody can ever answer to me one very simple question. Other than LeBron James, the greatest prospect I've ever seen in my life was Tim Duncan, and he wound up could have wound up with the Knicks or the Celtics. Wound up with the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. If they're fixing it, they're doing a really bad job. <laughs> well, they're just trying to cover their tracks. They don't want you to know that they're fixing the games. 
Uh, but Nashville, by the way, did go on to win the game two to nothing. So, oh, so it had no effect on so anything. It had no effect on the outcome of the game. Cool. Here's another thing that'll have no effect on anything. Lincoln Riley confirmed Wednesday that Oklahoma has not released quarterback Chandler Morris, who was transferred to TCU, saying he and Oklahoma are opposed to transfers within the conference becoming eligible immediately. This comes up every year. Mm-hmm. Every single year, somebody does this. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the reason we're going to talk about this one is because of who Chandler Morris is. He was a very high-level recruit. I, I think Oklahoma signs a five-star quarterback every year. I, 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 just, I can't remember the last year that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been getting a lot of transfers. Well, that's that was in the past few years. Now yeah. they got Spencer Rattler. They have another mm-hmm. kid that's on the depth chart here that was actually behind Chandler Morris, mm-hmm. and they had him. He's actually Chad Morris's son, okay. The former SMU Arkansas head coach, right? And I think he's he's either been on campus or been attached to like nine schools in two years. There was talk of him going to Arkansas with his dad, and it's just been a, it's been a lot everywhere. I absolutely hate this rule that they can. It's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna let the transfer portal be such a joke, which it currently is. And everybody said, oh, well, coaches can leave with no penalty. Yeah, that $20 million buyout, that's a little bit of a penalty. Mm-hmm. I love how that just gets gleaned over. You paid $20 million to get out of this. Oh, well, the other school paid it. I don't care. Right. Somebody paid $20 million to get you out of this. Right. Well, it's not against Right. And then, and then I think that's the thing is that it's not against the coach. So, really, we don't see that as a it's against, penalty. The, the coach pays it way more than you think they do. There are a lot of border regions that will not come off massive settlements. Mm-hmm. Now, usually on the massive ones, uh, the boosters, you know, they have a the fundraiser and we figure right. it out. Right. I've never had a problem with this. I've never had a problem with transfers, and I've always I hated have. the one-year wait rule hate, and all I of that. I hate where we're at. This transfer portal thing is absolutely preposterous to mm-hmm. me. I mean, you realize what it's done. I mean, it's made them all free agents. Well, that. Your college decision doesn't mean anything. Oh, your signing day? Yeah. yeah it means nothing. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. Because, oh, if you if you wind up somewhere and you don't get to play, you could just go wherever you want to. And I, I can't stand that. Yeah. I hate the argument of, oh, the coaches can do it. The coaches are paid a, a grand amount of money. Mm-hmm. And maybe if the players were paid a little bit. Uh, okay. You see how that works out. <laughs> I mean, we're going to see it. It's going to happen. Not by the schools, you're not. No, not by the schools, we're not. But we're going to see com- some compensation for athletes down the road. And, you know, the, the, the here's the thing is I've always looked at it as a, as a business. I've, I don't know. I, I guess I'm unique in that way. I've always looked at no, college sports that's, that's as how a most, business. That's how most people look at it. And so there should be freedom of freedom of movement for your employees. Okay, so here's always been my my problem with what you just said. Mm-hmm. Is there any recourse to the school for the kid that is absolutely a train wreck? No. What do you mean? So he they, comes so in and can't this, play. Yeah, he comes in can't play. Won't work. Whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Oh, that scholarship's guaranteed. So for a year. Not, no, that's not exactly how that works. Now I'm not going to get into the. The, the nuts and bolts of how that works, but you, the school does not have the freedom to just go, nope, the way that the player now has the ability to go, well, I'm not playing here, so I'm going to go somewhere else. 
I don't They're, know. I thought I was I was always under the impression that that well, was a year-to-year year thing. Well, you're under the wrong impression. Now, can they rescind your scholarship? Absolutely, but yeah. it doesn't get credited back. There are scholarship limits and things like that. That's not how that works. So once you've got And a by sco- the way, if you do that to a guy, let me give you the back channel of this because I'm sure somebody is yelling at the radio going, it's a year to year thing. Yeah. Okay, do that. See mm-hmm. how that works. Mm-hmm. Because see, here's how recruiting works it's all relationships. Yes. And so let's say you have a kid that comes in from, uh, I'll use Valdosta since that's been in the news a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a premier program that has a lot of talent. Rescind a scholarship, see how many times they let you on campus again. Do it one time. I, right. I give you a couple examples of it has happened, and nobody from that school ever wound up in that college ever again. Right. It's a game. Mm-hmm. It's a game. Mm-hmm. And, and no, you're not allowed to do that. And guess what? You don't get the money back for the room board and all that for the guys that can't play or won't work out or, or whatever the case may be. Right. I mean, you want to make it true free agency? Cool. Let them cut guys with no pen- with, with, with no penalty. That's the that's the other side of that token. Mm-hmm. Because for every, uh, and I've heard this argument, it, there hasn't been, a, for every Trevor Lawrence, there are a whole lot of Chandler Morrises that bounce around schools. Uh, uh, Tate Martell, mm-hmm. perfect example. Tate Martell in high school looked like he was going to be the next Joe Montana. Yep. I think he's, I, th- I think he has played for five schools since he came out of high school. <laughs> I mean, and he, was, he may have thrown 50 passes in his entire college career. Ohio State, Miami. Has he transferred again? Yeah. I, I don't know where he went this time. I stopped caring when he right. stopped, when, when he never played. Right. He never could break the he, he could never break through on the death chart in front of anybody. I mean, he had Dwayne Haskins and But see, this is one of those idyllic Justin Fields and This is one of those idyllic things that people they say and they don't think about what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, the kid should be able to transfer wherever he wants to. Uh okay. I and, and I don't disagree with that. We had that for many years. You had to sit out a year. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've basically rescinded that. That's it doesn't matter. Right. So you can go wherever you want to. Well, if you keep doing this, eventually you're going to get to a point where I'll use North Carolina and Duke. You got Walker Kessler in the transfer portal right now. Mm-hmm. If you take away their ability to say no, you can't transfer within the conference. You know who one of the finalists on Walker Kessler was? Duke. Duke. Yeah. You know what Walker Kessler knows? Everything about how Roy Williams runs that program. Right. He was there for a year. I think he figured out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You see, you see when I say it like that, you no, see I, how stupid that oh, sounds. I understand what That's you're what saying. That's what nobody ever thinks about. Mm-hmm. Oh, they should be able to go wherever they want to. Okay. <laughs> You ever notice in the NFL when a player gets cut by one team, he winds up on a team in the division a lot? Mm-hmm. Because if there's two guys and they're the, and they're similar players, similar skill set, we look at them the same way. And one of them knows the playbook of the uh, of one of our division rivals, and one of them doesn't. It's weird how many times that's the one that a team wants. Absolutely, I mean, and you're it's part headed of the to that path. Yeah, it's part of the package. Mm-hmm. And you're headed to that path. And I don't know that I hate it. I do. I loathe it with everything I have. Yeah, you, you want me to tell you how to fix it? Reinstitute the punishment if you have to sit out of here. Because this transfer portal thing has become ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've. I guess it's because I've been on the. Uh, I've been a fan of guys on the lower side of this. Guys that have come from smaller schools, like in the Big South, going to bigger schools. And I've always thought most of that, those are graduate transfers, though. Not all. Not there's, always. A, there's a lot of Macy Teagues. Right, and, right. 
I mean, that, we've had like seven of them at UNC Asheville that DJ ended up Burns, going on to play a, bigger programs. You know, we had uh, Dwayne Sutton that went on to play at Louisville and uh, Keith Hornsby that went to LSU. And I mean, I can go on and on. There are guys all over the place that have spent a couple of years in the lower ranks and then and then go up to the to the bigger schools so they can get seen. Yeah, and it hurts the smaller school because they find this guy, it they does. develop this guy. I mean, basically, it does hurt the smaller school. Yeah, I mean, college basketball has turned into mm-hmm. major leagues and minor leagues. Mm-hmm. It is dollars to it, absolutely. And and UNCA's done an amazing job. You know, this one's right in our back door, so it's mm-hmm. pretty easy to speak on. Exactly, they've done an amazing job of being able to find guys that bigger schools want. Mm-hmm. And also, and, and guys that's great in bigger for the kids. That I get can it. Come down. It would be infuriating for me as a coach. I do this great job of finding oh, yeah. these guys, and then they wind up, oh. Well, I have to replace him now because he went to Louisville. And I get and I get the arguments from people who say it takes away from the game because you never get a chance to know these guys when they're here. Um, like you know, Macy Oteague was only here for two years and then moved on to Baylor, and now he's playing in a national championship. But it's also just you know the the player's going to do what he feels is best for him, and in some cases it comes back to bite him big time. In other cases, it works out pretty well. Again, getting to go to a big program and being able to play on the national stage and national television and all that kind of stuff. And it's I a get, big deal. And I'll be honest with you, I get that. Those I, guys I've always felt to. bad for the smaller school mm-hmm. that develops these guys. And Absolutely. And, and, I mean, that's a solution without a, without a fix. I'm more talking about the story I originally brought up. Mm-hmm. This is a top 100 five-star blue-chip prospect that went to Oklahoma sitting behind a former five-star blue-chip top 100 prospect, right. by the way. Right. And now he's not playing and he wants to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Tough. Tough. Win the job. Win the job or wait your turn. That's I, I, that's how I grew up. And mm-hmm. I would wager you're not that much older than me. I would say it's how you grew up, too. Oh, yeah. Because you didn't have the uh, you didn't have the mobility to be able to do this. But see, to me, this was very, but now you this sh- was but super I feel predictable. Like you should you should have a path to be able to do that? I if I can don't. come in and and you know we got two of the best quarterbacks in the last ten years have just been recruited to the same school. Why did you, what, then? Why I did the it. second one sign with I, the same school? I understand that. See, that was how that used to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the school would offer two, and it would come down to which one do you really want? Because right. they're not both going to come right. here. But things. But things change. You may expect one guy's going to leave. He's not going to be there for long, so I'll only have to sit for a year. And then, oh, lo and behold, the NCAA comes up. There's a pandemic, and they say, "Well, you get another year of extra of of eligibility." So that is that the weakest. That is the weakest excuse. No, it's not. It, oh, it's it's oh, it's never happened before. This is the first time it's ever happened. And this is what you're. No, I'm saying you don't know what's going to happen down the road. So the guy that may only have the you know you you may go into it thinking this guy's only going to stay for three years and then. And he's going to be gone. So I only have to sit for a year. Well, then something happens. He gets hurt and he stays another year. Well, you're not going to win that job. So, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Uh, and that was the price of doing business basically for the entire run up to the, of the NCAA till about 2010. Mm-hmm. And then you got rid of scholarship limits per year, and now you can sign 35 guys in one year if you want to. And you know what that leads to? Clemson and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Because now they're the premier schools, and that's where everybody goes. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State and Georgia, and there's a few more. Right. But that's why 
they overload and they wind up with. I mean, Ohio State has five quarterbacks right now that were in the top three hundred of the recruiting class. Right. How, how do you think that's going to go? And they have the number one recruit in the nation who also happens to be a quarterback coming next year. Mm-hmm. See, to me, that's a problem, and it's funny to me that it's not to you. I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't you realize that, I've always that completely seen the, kills competitive balance. There is no competitive balance in college to football. To me, there hasn't really been. Well, you want me to tell you one? Oh, there 100% has been. Okay. You're telling me there's more competitive schools today than there were 15 years ago. No, but what I'm saying is... I can, the, list, I can list about 10 that are completely un, non-competitive mm-hmm. that were traditional powers. Mm-hmm. I pull for one of them. Florida State, yeah. Florida State, Michigan. And if you really think about it, you can tie every one of those schools to a school that's Stealing all those players from them. Mm-hmm. Florida State's is a little Florida, mainly Alabama. But if Michigan's it's more, is mainly Ohio State. Right, but if it's more equitable for the player to be able to but go it's to not, that school. But, but that's yeah. the point is it's not. But that's not your call to make. That's the thing. I'm not saying it is. But, what but you it is about, by saying you can't transfer here and there. That's what I'm saying. It's not your call to make. It's when I say it's your, you're not your call to make. It's not the NCAA's call to make, in my opinion. Okay. The, and my and my converse argument to that would be: How many Nebraska fans you see around at this point? You notice those? Uh, that would be my argument. Mm-hmm. Is that you don't have competitive balance at all because you've let this go. You have let this run roughshod over your sport. That's where it's at. Yeah. And there were like three decisions, and I, I specifically remember one of them because this transfer portal thing, it started after we started doing this. Mm-hmm. And I remember we had an argument on a Saturday about this very same thing, and I told you what was coming. I told you what's going to happen is Nick Saban's going to, is basically just going to, it, there's no more catch and release. Now mm-hmm. it's, I'm going to catch everything, and I'll figure out which fish I want to eat when I get home. And yep. that's what he does with the recruits. I'll sort it out. Mm hmm. And you say that's best for the player. Mm, no, it's not, because you've got about 60 guys there that don't play that would be starters somewhere else. Well, and if they decide that that's not the best for their future, then guess what? They can transfer elsewhere. They can leave that program, and they can go play for Auburn, or they can go to Texas or wherever. It's a never-ending cycle. What I'm saying is it's if you allow the freedom of movement, it and, will shift out at some point. And if you don't allow it, then they don't do that. And then they wind up in a program and learn a system as opposed to playing for five coaches in five years. And I'm this saying, and this is probably, and you know what? I'm probably saying this from a selfish point of view mm-hmm. because as a draft evaluator, there are a lot of guys every year that I look at and go, well, I've watched them play in three schemes, so I don't really know what they are. Right. They've never gotten really comfortable in one, and they're not great at anything, but they've shown an ability to be on a field in three mm-hmm. different schemes. Which has some value to it, doesn't no, it? No, it really doesn't. It doesn't? No, it doesn't. Because then you get, and I'm trying to think of the guy I told you the other day that was super scheme dependent. Because he's he falls into that. He's played for three schools in five years. Yeah. Oh, in the draft this year? Yeah, and I can't think of it now. <laughs> the, the, the first name that came to my mind was Yannick Ngakwe, because you keep saying that about him as well. It, well, that's in the NFL. Right. Ngakwe's played in three different systems, and now I definitively know what he can do. <laughs> do not put him on the outside in the 3-4, because it does not go well. <laughs> Doesn't work out all that well. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESP in Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Jeremy says he's got three games tonight, three picks, that he would literally? Lock. Literally. Stone cold. Bet block. your house on. Yep. 
All right, we'll see what they are. Green on green, coming up next. Coffee's the closers only. Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. Welcome back to the Sports Thing. ESPN Asheville, 92.9, 880, and 1400. 3-1 night. The Lakers got me, you know. My bad. It happens. Three and one's good. Man, that team's bad without without LeBron and Anthony Davis. They are (laughs) terrible. Six and three for the week. I got three NBA picks for you tonight. Two favorites and one underdog. First up, my 2021 NBA champion, Denver Nuggets, are a three and a half point favorite tonight against the Toronto Raptors. That's it. I want you to think about what I just said. They should be a 13-and-a-half-point favorite against the Raptors. Agreed. Who, by the way, are actively trying to trade half of their starting lineup. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a bloodletting. You remember that thing I said last night about what Denver was going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, they were up by 30 at one point. So I know the final score didn't end that way, but they comfortably covered. And they're going to do it again tonight. Give me the Nuggets minus the three-and-a-half. Next up, the Charlotte Hornets are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Houston Rockets. This is an oversimplification because LaMelo Ball is gone. Houston is awful, and I won't be shocked if they don't play Victor Oladipo tonight. They're actively trying to trade him. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to risk the possibility that he gets hurt, knowing that there are things out there. On there the are teams that, the trade deadline, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, there are teams out there that are willing to give up a first-round pick for him. I don't know that it ultimately happens, but there have been talks. I don't think they're going to play him. If they do, they won't play much. I could easily see this being a blowout. Give me the Hornets minus three and a half. Finally, the Utah Jazz plays the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Care to take a stab at what this line is? Uh, Jazz minus uh, three. It's Jazz minus ten and a half. What? You give me the Brooklyn Nets, I don't care who's playing. (laughs) As long as one of the big three's playing, I'm down. I'm getting ten and a half points. Give me the Nets plus ten and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy. Ten and a half. I Ten mean, I get, a lot. I get there's no KD, there's no Kyrie Irving, James Harden's playing, but, I mean, Charles Barkley said it. James Harden may be the best player on the planet. Yeah, he's not, but <laughs> he's not the best player on the planet. I mean, he's he's playing a lot better than any version of James Harden I've ever seen. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know he, what he is? Uh, he's good enough by himself Ten and a half too many points. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a close game. Absolutely. I don't know if it's going to be a close game. I just don't think they're going to win by ten and a half. I think. I mean, Utah's going to win this game. Mm-hmm. There's almost no doubt in my mind of that uh, because they're a nightmare for Brooklyn because somebody has to guard Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell. You can put Bruce Brown on Donovan Mitchell, and that means James Harden's on Mike Conley, and I don't like that at all. Yeah. All right, uh, Monkey Knife Fight time. Go to monkeyknifefight.com and set yourself up an account today if you have not already. It is a whole lot of fun. Daily fantasy sports props at monkeyknifefight.com. When you create your account, be sure to use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, and they will uh, match your initial investment up to $50, and they will also give you a $5 free play, which you can use on tonight's game. Jeremy. I am playing the more or less 3.5x multiplier in the Denver Nuggets-Toronto Raptors game. I will take more than 25.5 points for Nikola Jokic. Mm -hmm. I will take more than 20.5 points for Norman Powell. Uh, In this current lineup configuration, uh, Norman Powell will be guarded by Michael Porter Jr. Not a good idea? Uh, I care more about badminton than Michael Porter cares about defense. (laughs) 
and Norman Powell may end up being traded. This is kind of a showcase night. Mm. I'll go. I'll go over on both. That will turn your five dollar buy in into a seventeen and fifty cent prize. Seventeen dollar and fifty cent prize. Yeah, you don't go the same route with Norman Powell. Is that uh, they might dial him back with the trade deadline coming tomorrow? I don't think they're dead set on trading him. Yeah, I mean, if a deal pops up, a deal pops up. Yeah. If if you told me Toronto traded one guy, I would say it's Kyle Lowry. Now we got another hour on the way, and coming up after the Sports Center update, we're gonna we're gonna fill some slot for NFL teams where they still need work to do in free agency and the draft. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. NFL free agency was hot and heavy for a couple of days. Now, as Jeremy has been using the analogy, all the pretty people at the bar have have teamed up, and now now we're just pairing up with the leftovers. Yep. (laughs) And so uh, I want to go through, and let's just just talk about fill-in slot in the NFL. Biggest team needs left. And should they go in the draft or should they address it with who's left over in free agency? The names keep ticking off the board here. So T.Y. Hilton, as you just heard in the top of the hour, we talked a little bit about last hour. T.Y. Hilton apparently is going to re-sign with the Indianapolis Colts. One year, $10 million deal. It's the same deal that Ndamukong Sue got today from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who continue to bring back everybody from the championship team. They're still trying to figure out a way to shoehorn uh, Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette back into the fold. Uh, you might be the first team in NFL history three years from now that has negative cap space with no players. <laughs> Everybody's going to be gone, and we're going to be $100 million over the cap. But hopefully by that point we'll have at least two Super Bowls, uh, two Lombardi trophies to to speak for it. And again... I'm fully okay with it. So biggest needs left. Let's let, let's start with the Carolina Panthers. We'll start with the local team. The Carolina Panthers' biggest need right now is blank. I would say a left tackle. Okay. With Russell Okung gone. All right. Russell Okung still out there on the free agent market. Do you think they address that in the draft? Or should they try to go after like um, Eric Fisher? I don't necessarily see Eric Fisher taking a. I don't know that I see him taking a deal with, say, the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you saying the Panthers aren't good enough for Eric Fisher? I know. I'm saying I think he winds up in Indianapolis, and I've thought that since about five seconds after he got cut. Really? As the replacement to Costanzo? Well, they made a hard run at Trent Williams, so that would make a lot of sense. To me, there are going to be. And obviously, this is a risk because we're talking about a left tackle. Mm-hmm. There are going to be several guys that have the ability to be a left tackle, whether it's Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, uh, Tevin Jenkins, there are a few guys that are going to be at that back end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Okay. That could ultimately fill that that need for Carolina in the second round. Okay. So the Panthers pick at 40, 
you're saying there might be a guy there. I I believe Jalen Mayfield will be there at that point. Okay. That's fair enough. But you wouldn't spend the big money on, I on a free agent. I, I don't think there's anybody out there that deserves that. I mean, you could go, you could make a run at Alley Villanueva or said, try to bring back Russell Okung. I just, I, yeah, I feel like somebody, options. I feel like somebody's going to pay Russell, Russell Okung before mm-hmm. it's all said and done. Could be the Colts. The Colts are, they have the biggest need at left tackle in the NFL. Well, it's whoever's willing to pay opinion. him in Bitcoin. Uh, that's, that's who he'll go to. He wants to. <laughs> he does like being paid in Bitcoin. Well, his Bitcoin is apparently already worth more than his entire contract. So he got that going for him. But the Carolina Panthers, you say it's a left tackle. I'm kind of surprised you didn't say quarterback there. Because I think we all realize that's that's where they want to go. Well, that's where they want to go. You asked me what their biggest need was. Yeah. They can go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater as their starter, and they'll be just fine. All right. How about the Dallas Cowboys? Well, they finally brought in a safety, which I think was their biggest need for uh, 18 years. Mm-hmm. I think they've needed a safety since Darren Woodson. I think that was the last high-level safety they had. I'm going to say corner. You know, they came out today and said they're not bringing back Aldon Smith, which, you know, in other news, water's wet, and today's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fit in the 4-3, so that kind of made all the sense. In the, that's a guy that I'm very shocked has not wound up somewhere. Somebody giving him an incentive-laden deal that's a 3-4 team because he can generate pressure. Do you think that's because of the it's no of the past history? There's no doubt it's because of okay. that. If he had no character red flags, he would be an elite situational pass mm-hmm. rusher. And some team eventually will. It's just not going to be early. So Keanu Neal, we know he's uh, he's coming over from Atlanta, taking the safety spot. So they need a corner. I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have them taking Caleb Farley. Uh, well, it's not be Caleb Farley. Sertan. It, it will not be Caleb Farley. I have massive, massive hangups about this back thing with Caleb Farley. Okay. It's a very bad sign when you haven't played a game in a year. And all of a sudden, now you have a back problem. Right. That's not a good sign. There are just certain parts of the body that I do not want to see you hurt when you haven't played a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing if somebody if somebody hurts you, you know, a hat on the small of your back and something went wrong in your back and they need to... Backs and knees are just two areas of your body. I do not want to see things being amiss. Right. And I know there are certain teams that have issues with... with uh, with the medical on, on um, Caleb Farley. Yeah, so Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn, who else fits into that mold for them? That would be the two I would be looking at. At least one of those two will be available. I've been higher on J.C. Horn mm-hmm. for quite some time. It's very easy to tell J.C. Horn's dad played wide receiver in the NFL. Right. And that's, you know, growing up, I would say he probably instilled in his son, it's really important for your hands to be really good. All right, I'm going to throw at you another one, uh, a team that's already done really well in free agency, and it's the Cleveland Browns. They are a contender in the AFC. They are one of the five best teams, I'll say. In the AFC? In the AFC. I would agree with that. So, where do you think they go? They're picking at 26. What's their biggest need right now other than replacing Baker Mayfield? Because we all know that's not going to happen as much as you would like for it to happen. I mean, Do they, they could have use, a need? They could use another pass rusher. 
because you know I, it's very difficult for me to count on Tack McKinley because he's mm-hmm. been so bad across you know two different teams and failed what three physicals at least in the in the process last year they didn't when fail. he was on the search of for a team yeah I mean yeah I, I, I don't I don't worry about that that much okay waiver claims failing physicals it doesn't really uh, doesn't shake me much okay. Because then you might come in and go, well, he looks a little doughy. Uh, what can we fail him on? And yes, that does happen. Okay. I would say another edge guy. That That's the only thing I can really look at. I don't see. They're just so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at this team and it's so good. They're so talented. Should they be in the market for another receiver? I think they should be. I don't. With the, I, I, I mean... I don't know the. Let me ask you a question. When you, uncertain- when you put a hat on your head, do you ever feel the urge to put a second hat on it? <laughs> you see how stupid that sounded? Yeah, that's what. That's no, but what, on really cold days, I might think about putting on a a, a toboggan or something over your hat, uh, under the hat. If it's really cold outside, and if I really want to wear my trucker hat, it's got holes in it, so I'll need to put the little you know we'll put a little toboggan on there, and then or you could just put the toboggan on, and then when you get inside, you put your hat on. <laughs> But then I gotta carry the hat, either that or, or or attach it to my belt loop like I'm a trucker. Is that a thing? Yeah, you get a snapback cap. I have and you just never do it around seen your belt loop. And I've never <laughs> seen a human do that. <laughs> hey, really? I think you're making that up. I'm not making that up. That's the old thing my 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 grandpa used to do, and he was if you've he ever trucker, heard so if you've ever heard of somebody doing that at, at J Green ESPN, just send me a message saying or, or, or tweet me and say you've actually heard of someone doing that. And there's not one other soul in this building, so I can't confirm nor That's deny. That's true. It's a thing. I've done it before. You don't want to. You don't want to carry the hat or that. You know, knowing you the way I do, that doesn't surprise me even a little bit. So you don't think that they they need to go down the receiver path? Why Odell Beckham's going to be there? Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry's under contract, and they just resigned Rashard Higgins, who is you know, Baker is a big fan of. Mm-hmm. So no, I do not think they okay. need another receiver. All right, so an edge rusher in the draft. Mm-hmm. They don't have money left, they're, do they? Well, and the bad thing is they're not going to be able to pass up either Christian Barmore or Zayvon Collins because those would be you know secondary needs for them. I don't see any way that they look at either one of those guys and go, nope, we can do something else. Fingers crossed on Zayvon Collins. Christian Barmore's not getting to you at 32. Come on! It's not happening. Come on! Mel Kuyper says it can happen, and I love Mel Kuyper for that. At least giving me the hope. And I love Mel Kuyper. He is loosely part of the reason I'm here. But he's out of his mind. (laughs) All right, how about your best team in the NFC? The Arizona Cardinals. What's their biggest need right now? Well, according to you, it's another receiver. Uh, I'm going to say corner. Losing Patrick, losing Patrick Peterson, in spite of the fact that he had lost a step, mm-hmm. that's still a big deal. I agree. He's one of the best in the game, and you can't take the, the mental aspect out of it either. The experience matters. For oh, whatever absolutely. step physically he had lost, he was still... Somebody that you had to keep an eye on. You had to account for him on every play because he's that smart of a player. And the funny thing is that, you know, with, with Robert Alford and, and uh, um, Murphy, whose first name I'm is Byron. Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. I like both of those guys. If they could find a guy that could be the one, then all of a sudden I look at the defense and go, whoa. 
That could be terrifying. Especially with Isaiah Simmons in his second year. Mm-hmm. That the, the little chess piece that you can move all over. Oh, best team in the NFC. Do they have anything left? Early. Do they have anything left to address that in free agency? At corner? Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have to be Richard Sherman, and I don't think he I don't think he fits that scheme. I mean, you could make a run at a guy like a Malcolm Butler, Brian pulls a slot guy, Quentin Dunbar. If you felt if you really felt like, you know, last year was an aberration. Mm-hmm. You could make the run there. Brashad Breeland. Stop that. Oh, you don't like him at all? No, I don't. Oh, okay. No, no I'm, I, I don't. Mackenzie Alexander. That's another one. Uh, I mean, they're fine. Uh, not, they're not uh, superstars, but uh, they can fill slot. And that's what we're doing. We're filling slot here. No, I need, for, for Arizona, I need a the guy. I need a, I need a replacement for Patrick Peterson. So J.C. Horn at 16? I don't see how J.C. Horn falls past them. Right. Because now that now that I think Caleb Farley's going to be off the board for some of these teams. Okay, I could see not that. being able to do a medical on him is going to be a huge problem. Just remember, I said that that's a mm-hmm. guy that everybody's talking about going to the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. You're having a, a a procedure done on your back, and I'm not going to be able to verify any of it with my own team doctors. Oh, I have to trust a league doctor. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to pass on that. Uh, this one might might be obvious, but I don't know. Um, Washington football team. Biggest needs at quarterback, right? I mean, in the long term. In the short term? Hmm. I mean, the biggest need in the short term is left tackle. Need somebody to protect the blind side for, for uh, Fitzmagic himself. Who is, who is their guy right now? Uh, Sadiq Charles is the only one I can think of. The only reason I even remember yeah. him is because I liked him so much in the draft last year. He's one of those people you see out in public and go, I am not nearly as big of a human as I thought I was. I want to say he was like 6'8", 330 or something mm-hmm. like that. At LSU? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him a lot. But is there a left tackle in free agency that they can get? No, they're to me they're the the drop-dead spot on a Christian Darisau mm-hmm. from a from, uh, – USC? Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. I I had Christian Barmore. I've heard you say Christian Barmore's name so many times that I hear Christian now, and I just immediately go, Alabama. Right. Okay, so Christian Darasol is uh, is your drop-dead spot for them at 19 in the first round. Yeah, that would – I don't think he's going to fall any further than that. Okay. Unless they go get a Russell Okun, which I could – you know, I could potentially see that. Well, I mean, they've already done so well in free agency. Is the thing they have? I mean, with be- with bringing in Curtis Samuel and you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. At least he's a he's a one year stopgap quarterback. And then whatever you're going to do after that. I mean, they also brought back Kyle Love and Taylor Heineken. So Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. That's Kyle what Love Kyle was Love was the a defensive tackle for yeah. the Patriots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they were in Carolina together. That's why I. Mm. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Kyle Allen. That's what I meant. Um, and you know, it's just, quarterback is the is the big need for them. But I don't I don't see them making a move this year. Do you? Making another move for a quarterback? Washington? Yeah. No. 
No, they have two, uh, you know, backups with starting experience, mm-hmm. and, and they got Fitzmagic. This is it. This is the Pro Bowl year. This is the year that gets him in the Hall of Fame. It's you, the year that gets him in the Hall of Fame. You have to make a Pro Bowl to be on the Hall of Fame ballot. Ah, gotcha. I don't think it's going to happen. That's been, uh, you know, going through the channels on social media that we all need to vote Ryan Fitzpatrick into the Pro Bowl this year so he can get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, get on a ballot, you mean? No. Just it, consideration. It, no, there are actually people that believe if he winds up on the ballot, he will wind up in the Hall of Fame. And those people are crazy. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say, if you're one of them, those are the same you're people definitely that... going to have the Frank Gore fight again. Because yeah. if you think Ryan Fitzpatrick's a Hall of Famer and you don't think Frank Gore is... I... I got a problem. I'd vote for Ryan Fitzpatrick before Frank Gore, but uh, <laughs> of course the, you would, the, just to make me mad. The same people that believe Ryan Fitzpatrick's a Hall of Famer are the people that believe birds are real. <laughs> Stop that. Chicago Bears biggest need quarterback. Quarterback. Are they going to get one? I mean, they got Andy know. Dalton in free agency. But are they going to do anything else? I, there may not be a starting quarterback in the and I, and I starting. I did with a little. You know, air quotes. Yeah. There may not be a more uncomfortable starting quarterback in the NFL than Andy Dalton right now. As he's seeing all of these, you know, Russell stayed in Seattle and all of these teams seem to be settling in. He's got to be sitting in Chicago going, uh oh. There's way too much of a path of them getting one of these rookies Mm -hmm. whose upside is higher than his. But even then, I mean, they're at 20 in the draft. If they don't make a major move to move up and they could sit at 20 and get a developmental guy or something, you think that say, say they, say they even moved down in the draft and they took Kyle Trask. They're not going to have to. They, they very well may not have to. They may not have to. It may shake out. They might out. be able to take Justin Fields at right. 20. It may shake out where somebody falls to them. Justin it Fields. would be Justin Fields. It would be Justin. It, he would be the one to fall out yeah. of all the group. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll agree with you on that point. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. If he, right, but say they wanted a quarterback and they found out a way to get Kyle Trask in there. Andy Dalton starts over Kyle Trask, right? Absolutely. Okay. See, I, I look at the Andy Dalton thing completely different. Like, they may be able to do something else. They may be able to make some stupid trade with the Seattle Seahawks, but I'm not going to be a part of it. Um, I'm still going to be around. I got a one-year, $10 million deal. If they don't do something stupid, then I'm going to be the starting quarterback of this team, and that's a better position than I had last year. I, I What... What, in my opinion, makes Chicago look so bad right now is they signed Andy Dalton for $10 million, mm-hmm. and Mitch Trubisky went and got two and a half in Buffalo. Yep. To me, that makes you look just dumb. Because Mitch Trubisky's a better quarterback right now than Andy Dalton. Yeah. And he's younger. I, just, I, I don't see how Andy Dalton's an improvement over Nick Foles. And Are you he- know how I feel about him. Uh, one I mean, I won a, a Super Bowl I think MVP. He's a little bit of an improvement. Uh, okay, one of them's won a Super Bowl. Which one is it? It's Nick Foles. Okay, one of them was a Super Bowl in said MVP, or, or was the MVP in said Super Bowl? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which one was that? Yeah, it was Nick Foles. Oh, okay, and that is the end of that argument. That is the period <laughs> and the, the and the back of the book closing and not worth talking about again. No, stop that. Stop that. That's not a, a, a talent wise. 
Andy Dalton is better than Nick Talent Foles. Talent-wise, they are razor-thin close to each other. Okay. All right. I give the edge to Andy, and Nick, to me, was just more of a circumstantial kind of thing. He played great for three games. He beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's true. He there did. There you go. And you'll never be able to take that away from him. It's just him and Eli Manning. And it's something that Pat Mahomes will never be able to say. That he beat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. You're in the sports take with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. This is G. Duggeroff, voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sports tank. Fire them cannons. By golly, put more powder in those things. Welcome back into the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. I thought we had an agreement on that button. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I'm in such a good mood because, you know, when you have a Super Bowl winning team and somehow you're able to do the gymnastics to bring everybody back, it just mm, you well, know, makes uh, me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Well, I'm going to tell you something else that makes you happy. Yeah. Uh, David Hips, one of our wonderful listeners. Thank you for listening, David. Mm-hmm. Just sent me a message and said he has too seen the hat on the belt. Thing. Yes, it's a thing. I mean, it's not a common thing, but it's a thing. I really wanted the rest of the show to come and go, and you just uh, get nothing. Uh, nobody <laughs> says it. it's just tank. And I have this vision. Uh, for some reason, you're wearing a fanny pack in my vision. I don't know why. And you just have a little trucker hat tied to your belt, mm-hmm. and you're just deep, 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 yep. do. Yep. That's how you deal with the snapback when you, you know. I, I, I also picked this up uh, with, you know, following kids around at a park. It's horrible to try to keep, you know, five-year-olds with a hat on their head. But here's my question. What, well, on their head. Yeah, on I, their I, head. I, I was going to ask, why do you not just put this in your back pocket? Oh, the hat? Yeah. I mean, because I don't want to bend the bill all that bad. But you shouldn't be, that shouldn't bend the bill. If I sit down on it. Why would you sit down on it? Because I forget things. Why would you not just put it on your head? They're the five-year-old's hat? No, it's yours. (laughs) I I don't know. I was I was really looking forward to being able to look at you and go, you know why nobody else has done this, uh, Mr. Baseball Guy? Uh, mm-hmm. Because baseball. Because baseball. I just see you sitting around the stadium with your with your little hat tacked to your belt. <laughs> you make it sound so cute and adorable. N- I, in in my head, it's really funny. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, how about the ooh, How about the Rams? Let's talk about the Rams. Uh, they need uh, their biggest need is cap space. Because uh, uh, they don't have it. Well, we know that. They're going to have to address things in the draft, and they don't have a first-round draft pick, and they've only got, what was it, three dra- three draft picks in the entire draft? Are you just trying to get lineman love here? Because you keep asking me teams whose biggest needs a left tackle. No, I'm basically just going down and trying to talk about t- teams that are relevant. I mean, because we could, I could throw you the Houston Texans, but the list of everything that they need is going to be super long, despite the fact that they've spot, signed 23 players yeah, already. They need a new everything. Right. So the Rams. The Rams are going to be a contender in the NFC next year. I think they are the second best team in their division. What say you? The Los Rams? Angeles Rams. What's their biggest need? Left tackle. If Andrew Whitworth's not coming back and mm-hmm. he said he's not he has said he's not I, 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 let me verify that okay you looked at me like i was crazy i felt like you were the one that told me that. well i don't know that for certain i know there's been hints about whether i mean the guy's 38 no, years old no no i was wrong 
It looks like he's going to come back. Yeah. Okay. That audibles things a little bit. Um, I mean, probably secondary help? I would say so. I mean, so. they lost Troy Hill. They're they lost need John a Johnson. They're going to need a safety to replace um, John Johnson. Johnson. Mm-hmm. I feel like Taylor Rapp can take part of that. But this is a team that plays, you know, they play in, they play three corners a lot. Mm-hmm. And basically, at this point, they have, you know, it's Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams, which is a good tandem. Mm-hmm. But there is not a lot back behind it. <laughs> they need some depth pieces. Here is, uh... But that's the problem is they're uh, they're up against the cap, man, so they can't add anybody in free agency. No, it's going to be through the draft. Good thing is they got three comp picks. So. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, they have. Because before the comp picks were decided, I think they had a two, a four, and a six, something like that. It was something of that nature. Yeah. We did a video on the uh, on the Rams offseason preview, and I had about 500 people tell me, they got three compensation picks. I'm well aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we recorded this, they see, didn't. see the way my YouTube is set up is that not everything is done that very day. Right. Uh, so that had been a few days. I didn't know the comp picks at the time. Right. I think that got settled about a week and a half after we did the, uh, yes. the, the Rams video. So, uh, yeah, I haven't told you this, but there's a, uh, there's, there's, I hope you come prepared to work tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah, because we have to do a, a individual team draft preview. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, we're starting team by team tomorrow? Uh, well, I would really like to not have to do six a day like we got to with the... Yeah, that'd be uh, great. Yeah, because, you know what, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> that's the guy that does all the graphics. Uh, you know, I'm tired of okay. looking at my computer. All right. All I think right. that's why I've had the spins for about six days now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is okay. The, here's going to be my favorite one. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Really? You don't know the answer to that? Wide receiver. Absolutely. That's their biggest need. Will they get one in the draft? Is there anything that they can still do in free agency? In terms of a player they could sign? Right. There's there's wide receivers out there. The market on wide receiver never really developed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of guys out there. It's just a question of who fits the scheme. And, you know, I don't know the answer to that. When you say a lot of guys out there. I mean, when it comes to impact guys. Oh, I mean, you got you guys like Adam Humphreys and Danny Amendola. Um, okay, again, when you're talking about impact guys. <laughs> You tell me either one of the guys I just said wind up in Green Bay and you don't think they could be oh, yeah. markedly better sure. than what's been there? Sure, absolutely. It's two sure-handed slot receivers. Uh, Sammy Watkins. I'm going to stick with what I said. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to say Sammy Watkins uh, on the other side from Devontae Adams. I also feel like Sammy Watkins is going to sign with the Ravens. So They met That's today a- and apparently everything was... Good. Now it's just you know figuring out the numbers. Right. Uh, I basically just have two wide receivers left on my board, as far as impact free agents. One Sammy Watkins, and the other one's Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown's such a head case. I don't see he's going to Green Bay. No, Green Bay's definitely not going to go down that path. Absolutely not. That'll be something that Tampa gets another deal on him and brings him back for another year or. I don't know. Apparently, Russell really wants him in Seattle. And I think Seattle's just at the point where they're not going to give Russell anything he wants and let him walk out the door. 
So at twenty nine, you still you th- you think they're not gonna they're not gonna use the draft pick on no because it would be really funny. <laughs> I, I'm almost You're adamantly rooting for, rooting for it. For it. Yeah. No, I mean, for that there's a path that they don't. Just because of pa- position scarcity, there are a lot of receivers in this draft. True, I mean a lot. I would say there's more receivers that go in the first two days of this draft than there were last year. I could see that happening. But if they come out of the draft with, I don't know. I mean, if they do come out of the draft with two prospects. I could see them doubling up. Then, yeah. I guess it won't won't be a complete loss. But the fact that they were mentioned in the discussion with, you know, the Kenny Galladay's and the... uh, um, Juju Smith Schuster and nobody mentioned them in those. They, they, they were never attached to those guys. Will Fuller, Will Fuller, they were attached to, mm-hmm. but apparently they weren't willing to pay him, from what I've heard. But now, you tell me they come out of the draft. Let's, I mean, I'll use Mel Mel's pick from yesterday. Let's say they take Greg Newsom, the corner from Northwestern, who I I like, mm-hmm. and corner falls off a cliff right after him. Actually, let's say they get him, they wind up with. Amonra St. Brown and Shy Smith from South Carolina. You're telling me you're not looking at that going, well, that's just fine. Well, that's an upgrade. I believe, yeah. I, I believe that'll work just fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't, know, I, I, I don't know if they'll try to go with another St. Brown. They tried out Equinemius, and that didn't work out. Uh, yeah, Amonra's markedly better. Oh, oh I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see a path where if they, if they are – if they do invest later in the draft in wide receiver, then there's a possibility. But I just want to I want to see Aaron get all of the opportunity to be successful in his last couple of years in Green Bay, and I don't think he can do that right now. That's that's the problem that I have. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. There have been a lot of stories lately about people wasting money. We did the story yesterday about the first ever tweet was n- is now one of these digital... What are, what are they? What are they called? NFT. NFTs. Yeah, these digital things that don't really have any value. It's just what you're willing to spend on it. And somebody bought one for, was it $3 million? Almost $3 million somebody spent on the first tweet ever. Uh, now, apparently, there's a big demand, or at least a lot of listings uh, on eBay for Taco Bell sauce packets. Not kidding. Uh, for how much? Not kidding. Uh, apparently, um, there are some that are like, they're, they're joke postings. Uh, you can go on there, and they're obviously ridiculous ones. The like one was a single packet, a a quote unquote rare packet for twenty five thousand dollars. Obviously, that's never going to sell. But actually, the other day, um, a lot of forty hot sauce packets did sell on eBay for twelve ninety nine. My question is, who is buying hot sauce packets from the Taco Bell? All you have to do is go there, spend four dollars, and they'll give you eighty of them. And it's one of the things I love about Taco Bell. <laughs> they don't really chance on the sauce. They do you. They they do you right on the sauces if that's what you want. And if you ask for extra, I think they'll just give you the case <laughs> they, for free. 
And there's apparently people that are selling hot sauce packets from Taco Bell on eBay. It's a very common thing, and they're selling lots of 50, 60, 40, whatever. Paying $13 for 40 packets of hot sauce from Taco Bell. I, I thought about, we could probably make $700 off of the packets that we have in the kitchen right now here at Radio Ranch. I could make $8 off the packs in my car. <laughs> Again, who's going online to buy Taco Bell hot sauce? It's right down the street, guys. No matter where you live in America, I feel like there's a Taco Bell a stone's throw away. And if we petition them, they might bring back the Mexican pizza. We can only hope. One can only hope. And the Choco Taco. The what? The Choco Taco. Have you never had one of those? What is a Choco Taco? Oh, it's brilliant. It's like a uh, it's like a waffle cone shaped like a taco. It's got ice cream in the middle. It's covered with chocolate and nuts. Kind of like a it's more like one of those nutty bar cone things. Why not? But just it's shaped a like a bar. taco. Why not just eat a nutty bar? I mean, you can, but the Choco Tacos are delicious. I can't believe you've never had one. Now I'm going to have to bring you one. Uh Uh-huh. A Tennessee man was able to turn his luck around after finding his missing $1 million winning lottery ticket in a parking lot. Oh, no. Remaining where he dropped it, even though it was a blustery afternoon. Sparta, Tennessee resident Nick Slayton learned on March 11th that he won a drawing with all matching numbers on a ticket worth... $1.17 million. The Tennessee Education Lottery said in a statement. Mr. Slayton said, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. He bought the winning winning ticket at a local grocery store the day before after a day of laying tile. Okay. Slayton rushed to his fiance's workplace to share the news, then continued running errands. And that is where I go, (laughs) nope. If you have a, if there's a piece of paper in your possession that is worth one million dollars, I think the grocery store can wait. Yep. I don't think you need to do any more that day. You know what you do then? You sign it. First of all, it blows my mind how many people don't know that. Do, do you know what happens to an? Uns- I don't want to see if you know this. Do you know what? Do you know what happens to an unsigned lottery ticket if if it's a winning one? What, and somebody else finds it? Mm-hmm. They can cash it in. Yeah, it's theirs. Yeah. yeah, if you don't sign it, it's theirs. Yeah, that's how you prove that you bought the ticket. Oh, by the way, he didn't sign it. Of course not. Somebody stepped on it in the parking lot of an auto parts store. Oh. It had a tangible footprint on it, which means somewhere in Sparta, Tennessee, there is a person who stepped on $1 million and has no clue. <laughs> And the only thing that keeps me from being really sad about that is that I haven't been to Sparta, Tennessee since March 10th. Because if I if there was even a possibility of me being that person, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't forgive myself. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't feel like Sparta, Tennessee is a place that many people go. So chances are, I don't. I don't have any idea where that be is. There. It's in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. It's um, like middle. I want to say eastern middle of the state. Like you got to go way past Knoxville, but well before you get to Nashville. It's like in that nebulous area. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I thought, I actually have never heard of Sparta, Tennessee. So mm-hmm. The only thing I could think of when I read this is if their town hall doesn't have a gladiator at the door and a sign that says this is Sparta, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet you they do. 
Sounds like a cool place. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe we should go there and find out. That sounds like a lot of driving. It Can you fly there? Uh, you'd have to land and then drive. Uh, I mean, I feel like Sparta don't, wouldn't have an airport. You'd probably have to fly to Nashville and then drive back. I mean, unless you had a biplane or something. The biplane could get you there. I'm I sure there's a regional airport or something. Yeah, I wouldn't fly on it anyway. <laughs> the, old, the old Sparta regional airport, you don't want to? Yeah, I, I fly commercial. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> All right, well, at least it was still there for him when he came back to get it. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, Tennessee's, uh, Tennessee's most feared mayor is now going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. We had uh, Kane getting the announcement or, or hearing the announcement the other day on a show with the undertaker and the undertaker tells him and he's completely speechless poor glenn jacobs he couldn't he couldn't find the words possible he just started crying immediately on the uh on the bump podcast but i think this is one of those things that he's no doubt a hall of famer he's got his place in uh, in wwe lore and now there you go. Well-deserved trip to the Hall of Fame uh, for Knoxville County Mayor, or Knox County Mayor, excuse me, uh, Glenn Jacobs. Uh, the NBA trade deadline's coming up tomorrow, and we think there is going to be some movement. We'll do a lot. lot. We'll, we'll, I, I think there'll be some movement. Mm-hmm. And we'll do I think the deadline's at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. So it's as we come on air. Mm-hmm. We'll do, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot on that tomorrow. Right. Uh, but we think Victor Oladipo is probably going to move. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon will move. There are a lot of pieces in here. There's a lot of talk today about Kyle Lowry, uh, Norman Powell. All of these all of these guys are in play right before the trade deadline. The thing that I wanted to talk about, though, is Draymond Green. I wanted to talk about Draymond Green. We'll do that coming up next. But now it's time for something to chew on with Caleb Pick. I am Caleb Peak. This is Chew on That. And today we're going to keep it real right here on 92.9 ESPN Asheville. It's all brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. I saw my likeness on a vid- on a basketball video game. I said, you know, wow, they're still making money off of my, off of my likeness, off of my face, off of the things that I did 15, 20 years ago. And I just, I just, I thought that that was just, uh. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you, did you ever think you would win or did you think you would make a point? Like, did you think you could take on the NCAA? I think, um, initially, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, all, all I knew was we were going to have a long fight. I think it's fun sometimes to go back in time, but not too far, and roll the tape if for no other reason than to simply measure progress. That audio you just heard was from a June 2015 interview with former UCLA basketball standout Ed O'Bannon on Aspire TV, and you can hear that optimistic kind of bitterness in his voice. O'Bannon had technically just won what would become a very, very important court case, O'Bannon versus NCAA for all you legal heads out there, that essentially set up the entire collegiate sports world for the court battle to end all court battles that's coming later this year. This was the ruling issued in district court in spring 2015 that laid out in 
in no uncertain terms that the NCAA had exactly zero right to use a former player's image for an official NCAA product without first obtaining consent or providing compensation. The NCAA fought that judgment up to the doorstep of the Supreme Court, who refused to hear the appeal in 2016. That's important to know because by the end of this month, the Supreme Court is expected to hear the direct offspring of O'Bannon. Officially on the docket is Alston versus NCAA, which is nothing more than a big old gumbo of lawsuits from colleges all over the nation that have basically amalgamated into one single claim that NCAA student-athletes have the right to additional provisions from their school beyond scholarships and cost-of-living assistance, things like provided internships and something known as a non-cash scholarship. Yeah, Sean Miller and Will Wade are still in a lot of trouble, but life for the average student-athlete could get a whole lot better if the highest court in the land sees things their way. And for the elite student-athlete, well, life is about to get downright lavish. So why have I wasted the last minute of your life with this information you didn't really need? Here's why. If you're enjoying the pure insanity that's making this year's March Madness, make sure you've got the DVR rolling. Because I'm afraid the greatness of the NCAA tournament as we know it is headed into its twilight. See, Alston versus NCAA is the only thing that's holding up the NCAA from passing its own blanket bylaw tackling name, image, and likeness for its players. Sports Illustrated says that's a decision that could be handed down from the bench as late as June of this year. So until then, three months away, we can expect to see a broadening patchwork of state-by-state NIL laws that will inevitably lead to confusion, miscommunication, and problems down the road. As recently as February 4th, Senator Chris Murphy introduced the College Athlete Economic Freedom Act on Capitol Hill, which would effectively allow college athletes to unionize, quote-unquote, should an NIL bill be passed at the federal level. Should Murphy's bill become Murphy's law, a college athlete's name, image, and likeness would become his or her federal right, according to CBS Sports, codified into U.S. law and untouchable by the NCAA. Now, the whole reason we're talking about this today is that the NCAA has been caught yet again with its thumb in a pretty precarious position. Not only has the NIL issue been bubbling for well over a decade now, not only have student-athletes been undercompensated for being major, major moneymakers for their respective schools, but now Mark Emmert and company are trying to explain away the whole men's and women's weight room debacle that was outed during round one of the tourney. It's a bad look for a brand that hasn't even tried to detarnish itself since it turned into a multi-billion dollar per year entity built under the guise of amateur competition that's where all this gets hairy the ncaa now or in the future will never be a professional sports league but if as senator murphy has proposed student athletes will have the right to unionize does that not make them professionals if a group of students can form an association comprised exclusively of athletes to represent themselves independently without any supervision from their school or conference that could still be amateurism but when this union starts talking finances, revenue flow, and percentages of proceeds, guess what? You're now a professional. That's why this overtime elite basketball league will be so important to keep an eye on when it tips off in September. If you haven't heard, this is a league that's exclusively for 16 to 18 year olds who frankly didn't come to play school. These are kids who are willing to give up their traditional high school graduation and jumping straight into making a minimum salary of $100,000 a season. Most kids know just how good they can be by 10 or 12. And I know you remember how much money you thought 100 large was at 16 years old. Hell, 100 large is a lot of money. Overtime Elite will be very important to monitor over the next couple of seasons, especially as we see how Alston and some of the other major NIL cases turn out on the national stage. On the football side, the XFL simply will not die. 
calling all hard-nosed kids who were told they didn't have what it takes for the top-tier programs. Are you willing to put your body on the line for your team? Do you want to get paid right now? Would you rather line up for the snap or bag somebody's groceries? Coming spring 2022? Dwayne Johnson's revamped Extreme Football League will be back for your candy ass. And newsflash, it's not going to be just a bunch of washed-up pro bowlers. It'll be another legitimate way for a young, underdeveloped football player to make money doing what he loves, even if it's not in front of the NFL Films cameras. Bottom line, athletes have to feel wanted. They need to be properly cared for, mentally and physically, and they have to get a reasonable reward for their services provided. If the NCAA won't provide that, we're already seeing that somebody else will. I'm Caleb Peek. That's something to chew on. You're in the sports tank. That is some good, clean family fun there, ain't God? Right you are. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green with you for the final moments here of the Wednesday edition. We do have the NBA trade deadline coming up tomorrow. And, of course, we will keep you up to date on all of the transactions when they take place Tomorrow here on the program, talk a little NBA, though, here, because I want to talk about Draymond Green. Draymond Green said a thing. He loves to run his mouth. <laughs> he claims that he is the greatest defender in NBA history. Uh, and he's wrong. He gets more traction than any irrelevant player in the NBA ever has. Irrelevant? You'd say he's an irrelevant player? At, at this point? Okay. You know, six points a game. Six rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you know what? Uh, you know, <laughs> right? But he shares two. I mean, he is a good defender. I, I don't disagree. But with he's that. not greatest of all time defenders. No, that's insane. I mean, when you hear greatest of all all time defender, who's the first person that comes Rodman. to your mind? Dennis Rodman. He's the greatest defensive player of all time. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's the greatest defender of all time. Mm-hmm. I think Gary Payton is the first He's one that comes to very my mind. High. The glove, there was there was no one. I think Joe Dumars falls into that category as well. He's also a very, he was also a very good mm-hmm. defender. I mean, normally when you think greatest defenders in NBA history, I think a lot of people just automatically go to the greatest shot blockers of all time. You know, Bill Russell and Hakeem Olajuwon and, you know, even... Tim Duncan, Dikembe Mutombo winds up on that list a lot. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of wind share. That's okay. It's a pretty good indicator of how good a player is. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic leads the league at 10.1. Draymond Green's in the hundreds. With with a two? Yeah. You said it was two. Uh, he's right behind Tim Hardaway Jr., Okay. I would be curious to see if there's a... I mean, Jalen Brunson is ahead of him. <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo. All right, so there... The, yeah, all right. Now you're now you're giving a little more credence to the irrelevant part of your of Well, your I mean, you there. have to be on a winning team. That, that mm-hmm. does help. Yes. Yes, it does. And, I mean, uh, Golden State's been... He definitely has a role. It's just, to me... He gets a, a lot of play because he talks so much, mm-hmm. and that's it. He's a personality. He was a very good piece when they were a championship contender mm-hmm. with with Durant and Clay Thompson and and, and Steph. And Steph, yeah. 
when he's asked to do more, he does less. Who's the greatest defender in the NBA right now? Kawhi Leonard. Not really all that close to me. Really? See, I'm thinking shot blocker because I'm thinking Rudy. Rudy's Rudy Gobert. Yeah, okay. I shouldn't have said not close because it's in terms of on ball, it's Kawhi. I would say most impactful defensive player would be Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Uh, unfortunately, Tar Heel fans, we've got a decision being made by one of the Tar Heels. Dayron Sharp is apparently going to go into the NBA draft, and there was no discussion in his announcement of the testing the waters thing. This is uh, it, it feels feels pretty final. He feels that he says, "quote I feel that I am now ready for the next level. I've made it this far, and there's no reason for me to stop now." Says he loved his time in Carolina, loved all the people in the Carolina family, but he is declaring for the NBA draft with high hopes for the support of his Carolina family. Once a Tar Heel, always a Tar Heel. So Dayron Sharp becomes the second now to to Vamoose, and we'll see if it gets worse. This whole mass exodus talk, it just it's going to get geared up again. So prepare yourself for that. We'll be back with you right here tomorrow at 3 on ESPN Asheville. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. in the Sportsocracy. Find us on YouTube at the Sportsocracy. We'll see you then.